It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and my pal, James Jones. My very, very jealous, envious pal, James Jones. Uh, If you hadn't realised already or noticed... If you follow me on social media uh, or follow We Are West Ham on social media, which we hope you do, or are just a contact in my phone book, um, there's absolutely zero chance you won't know that I was in Seville for the West Ham game last week because I've been showing off about it uh, basically non-stop. Jonesy has been very, um, I'm trying to think of an appropriate word, not frosty, not frosty. He's been tight-lipped, I would say, is, uh, is the word. Um, I'll try to have a catch-up with him. Uh, last after the game on Sunday, after the Aston Villa game, uh, all arranged going for a pint straight afterwards. He said, oh, "I'm sorry, mate. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to ditch it. I'm just not ready for your gloating about how good Seville was yet." Well, here we are. He said it's going to have to wait for the podcast. The podcast has started, um, as will the gloating. Jonesy, before we get onto all that, how are you, mate? Um, how's your last week been? I know you went to Scotland as well, which normally I'd have been jealous of. Um, but unfortunately, in the game of holiday top trumps last week, I, I think I did win. Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. Um, just about ready for your for your gloating. Uh, I did get it while you were out there as well. Um, yeah. And I, I got it from all my mates who were also out there. My brother was also out there. Um, while I was cold, wet and fighting the wind in, in Loch Lomond. So, yeah, it, it's what it is. I'm all right now, though. Uh, absolutely buzzing for Thursday. I'll get, get a full taste of it on, on Thursday. But, um, yeah, I watched the game in my hotel room. With a couple of Did you weeks. watch it on your own in the end? No, that no, was no. So sad. One of the lads uh, is also a West Ham fan. He was he was out there with me. So, and then a few a few of the other guys came in just to watch those neutrals. Um, but uh, I had the, the poor bloke at the um, at the hotel stacking me off in front of his colleagues because because the absolute cheek of me asking if I could put it up on the big projector in the boardroom. <laughs> um, I kept, we came back from a, a speedboat pub crawl, which was 
jolly good fun, by the way. That sounds good fun. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was cold and wet and, mm. yeah, probably not the best weather for it, but it was good fun. Yeah. Um, and then got back to the hotel with about 20 minutes before kickoff. And we'd been using a boardroom to do our presentations and do our work during the day for the, the two, three days we were there. But we'd finished using it. Um, and he was, we got back and he was setting something else up in there. And I said, oh, mate, like, any chance I can plug my laptop into the projector and watch the West Ham game? He was like, oh, no, 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 I'm setting up for this thing at the weekend, can't do it. So it doesn't matter, I'll go, I'll go and watch it in my room. Anyway, my colleague walks past and goes, oh, I the guy, uh, the, the guy at reception going, oh, I can't believe the cheek of that bloke asking to put the West Ham game on. Who do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, that didn't go down it, too well. It feels like a fairly reasonable request, yeah, mate, to be so, quite honest. So, yeah, I mean, I've basically got on the bad, you know, bad mm. side of the, the hotel, but I did manage to watch maybe it. it was a, maybe it was a Celtic fan, mate, out of Europe. Maybe. Don't want to hear maybe. about fans in, uh, fans in European competition. Or That's maybe it. a Scottish Spurs fan, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, I got to watch it. Um, very encouraged by the performance. Um, yeah, and we said last week, as long as we can bring bring it back in the second leg and still be in the game, I think we'll be we'll be happy, and and we're well in this tie already. So, um, yeah, happy. Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Did you? Uh, was it one of those where you know, obviously you're watching it, or whatever? Did you? And this is a genuine question, not just from me winding you up or whatever, but. Um, could you get a sense of almost what it was like out there? Because obviously a lot of your Twitter following and the people you follow on, on all sorts of social media platforms uh, are West Ham fans and that sort of stuff. Did you Could you get a sense of what it was like? Or were you just yeah. trying to ignore it? Yeah, no, I was, when, I, when I was on my phone, my brother was sending me pictures and videos and you know, keeping me up to date with what was going on. And um, so You could tell just by watching the game as well what the atmosphere was like on the ground. But even just going through Twitter to, on the build-up on the day, the build-up to it, sort of, you know, you got the, the video of the uh, the fans walking to the ground, singing the songs through Seville, and kind of I watched that and it gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh, really, like that's that's incredible. Like, I can't mm. believe, can't believe we're doing that. But I definitely got a sense of it. I felt like I was there, even though I wasn't, thanks to social media. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah of course. But yeah, yeah, get a taste of it on Thursday now. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, it was, um, yeah, it's one of them. And it's, it's not, it's, it was difficult, really, because, again, not from a, a showing off thing at all, because um, it wasn't like that. But I was just, uh, you know, the last week's podcast went down pretty well. Um, I'd had a few beers by the time we got around to doing it on the Tuesday night when we got there. And I was fizzing for the game then. As it got closer and closer, I was just beside myself. I was just like a little nine-year-old boy again mate um you know and it was it was absolutely brilliant uh thanks for when i got in touch after last week's pod by the way some very good feedback from that dan mcginnis who worked uh works excuse me for seville come over and uh and met us outside did the opposition view which was brilliant um but the whole thing mate i just think for you know the it would have been fun this is it's kind of what i was talking about to you before when you were saying about you wanted Rangers. I know that was because you were going to be up in Scotland or whatever. But the way it all went down sort of in Seville, bar the little Eintracht Frank or the incident with the Eintracht Frankfurt friends on the Wednesday night, which has been widely accepted that was nothing to do with um, West Ham fans or, uh, you know, no negative um, press for the West Ham fans off the back of that because it was nothing to do with them. It was an unprovoked attack. Um, other than that, 
that little pocket of negativity, everything else was was superb and it was just the way everyone was behaving like in the way you'd want them to in the spirit of the occasion like by that i don't mean sensibly sitting there drinking orange juice not at all but you know the the locals were great they were really friendly and welcoming and and there was a lot of you know communication between the two no one was it was like i say there's no getting out of hand or anything like that and and the fact it was in the sun obviously helped yeah, it's a wonderful city. I've never been there before, and it was it was great. Uh, and I think all of those things just played into the occasion and the event. And you know, the 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 stadium was was great, and the the, the football game was really really good. The atmosphere was phenomenal. The Sevilla fans were brilliant. Hats off to those guys because the atmosphere in the stadium was absolutely brilliant. West Ham fans were great, and honestly, mate, they just I'm you know. Uh, I was talking about it before about how proud I and you know how much I love the club anyway but I was just really proud again and I remember having a similar feeling it was odd after the 2006 FA Cup final and there's been lots of comparisons between those two or the two events um, and I remember feeling that after the game even though we well we drew didn't we we basically should have shared the FA Cup um, and we were you know drew with Steven Gerrard FC and then lost on a penalty shootout but after the game, I just remember being really proud of my team, thinking, mm. yeah, we, we went toe-to-toe with one of the better teams in the land in front of the eyes of the world. Um, the fans did themselves proud. And it was exactly the same feeling on Thursday, even though we lost the game. In fact, it's half-time in the ties, obviously better. But I just afterwards, I was just enjoyed the whole thing so much and just felt really content and proud and was like, yeah, that, that couldn't have, but again, other than the actual result, everything else around it couldn't have gone better from a whole club point of view. I completely agree, mate. And um, even not being there, I, I, I did wake up on the Thursday morning, uh, turned on sort of woke up Twitter and saw the, the reports of the trouble. And my automatic thought was really like, why? Mm. Um, brother texted me and said, no, mate, it was the Frankfurt fans. Um, he didn't get caught up in it, but he was kind of, he was like two minutes away. Um, so, okay, fair enough. But, um, just watching the game on TV, I'm sure it must have been obviously it would have been different for you, but it was just very surreal watching West Ham play Sevilla. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've watched Sevilla quite a lot, you know, watched them in the Champions League, you know, when the Liga was on Sky Sports and stuff, and you used to watch it quite a lot. So you're kind of used to seeing that ground on TV, mm-hmm. Sevilla playing someone else, and then suddenly it's us. And I was just like, and that's what made me feel quite proud. I was like, blimey, two years ago, we were fighting relegation. We needed a point against Villa to stay up. Yeah. And now here we are on, on a Thursday night in playing severe in this ground. And yeah, I had the exact same feeling of just pride. Spurs makes on the trip I was with, so I give him a bit of a ribbon, obviously. Um, it's like, well, no, it's what it is. We move on, at least we're still in Europe. Mm. Not about the result, uh, yeah. Doing our fans proud rather than bottling games because a couple of players got COVID. Yeah, Uh, and then getting kicked out in this Mura. Yeah, and getting kicked out of the Conference League for crying out loud. I mean, Mm. really. So yeah, very very proud of the of the team, and obviously could be even prouder by by Thursday night. And um, Mm. yeah, that's massive. Yeah, it's brilliant, mate. Yeah, he's one of them. I think as far as the game goes, we'll chat to. Uh, loads coming up on the show this week. We'll chat to James Dowden, uh, employee of Severe FC and their social media team, um, UK, or well, he's a British guy, 
lives over there in in Seville at the moment. A colleague of Dan McGuinness, who the brilliant Dan McGuinness, who we spoke to last week, um, and you know we'll, we'll chat about the game in a bit more detail in a bit, Jonesy. But ultimately, it was just I, don't, I, I think that was the most pleasing part of all of it, really. Although we lost the game. The, the performance was really good. We had some chances. And I think because there was a little bit of me that was like, mm, I don't know how much better Seville really are than us. There could be an enormous gulf here and we could be like, oh, we don't belong on this stage. But that wasn't the case at all. We yeah. proved, if, you know, second in La Liga. We, it, it was polar opposite to that, really. And let's be honest, I don't think... I don't know what you think, but I don't think anyone would have complained had that been a one nil to West Ham or even a one all. Oh well, we had the we had clear cut chances just as much as they did. Obviously, the Vlasic one everyone looks at, um, the, the Lanzini one in the in the second half where Navas got in there just in time. Um, no, we had chances, we had plenty of chances. So yeah, I don't think anyone would have been. I think severe fans would have been that baffled if we'd have come away with with a win as opposed to them winning it. So, yeah, I think it was, it was a relatively even game. I know the shots shots and um, or the, the possession and, and stuff like that might might make it a cover-wise, but I think it was an even game watching in 90 minutes. Mm. Um, and we got, you know, take, taking any kind of result into the second leg is, is always a positive. So, um, so, yeah, very, very good. Yeah, brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, uh, we've got lots to cover on the show this week. Um historic event really for for West Ham on Thursday night in Seville we'll chat to James Dowden uh, works for Seville as I mentioned there in their social media team we'll chat to him next to look back on the game and to look ahead to the one this Thursday at London Stadium with a tie delicately poised at 1-0 to Seville hopefully we get a few players back I think they might have um, some people who were missing who are coming back, maybe some injuries and suspensions we'll get that from James, that'll be next then we'll react to that Aston Villa win on Sunday, what a pleasant, nice little surprise that was, I did not see that coming at all before the game I was sort of pretty apathetic about the whole thing um, but yeah, lovely to pick up three points and uh, and just a nice reminder that we have still got domestic games to play this season. Whether or not anyone cares about them is a different situation, but keeping ourselves in the mix. So hopefully we can have more occasions like this in the Europa League next season. So that was great to see. We'll react to that Aston Villa game. We'll do the Betway charity bets, of course. We're trying our very best. We got let down a bit late for a Tottenham opposition view. So we're trying our very best as we're recording this to get one in in time for this show. Hopefully you'll hear from someone from Tottenham as well. If not, uh, we apologise. Um, we will have a Tottenham section, so don't worry about that. But uh, whether we've got a guest or you not is TBC at the time of this recording. The Betway Charity Bets, as I've mentioned, uh, we'll do the West Ham women who had a great win away at Birmingham City on Sunday, only 1-0. I say great, it's great because it's three points. Really, the quality of Birmingham, you probably have hoped and expected it to be a few more. Um, but a win is a win, three points in the bag, nonetheless, for the girls uh, before that trip to Manchester United on Wednesday. No, sorry, the hosting Man United in the WSL on Wednesday. Uh, and then away to Ipswich in the FA Women's FA Cup on Sunday. We'll cover that and then we'll have some final thoughts before we say goodbye for another week. Lots to cover. 
let's not delay any further. And first of all, we'll have James Dowden, Sevilla FC employee, chatting after that game last Thursday, ahead of the second leg this Thursday night, London Stadium in the Europa League, last 16 knockout. So after James Jones managed to survive about a week and a half, I think, uh, at this stage of my bragging and showing off about me having made the trip out to Spain last week. What a trip it was. Phenomenal. I'm sure any of you follow the We Are West Ham podcast, social media accounts or my own personal stuff. Uh, could tell exactly how fizzing I was. Jonesy, bless him, getting soaked and freezing cold up in Scotland. Um, enjoyed himself nonetheless, but uh, I could tell there was a little bit of little bit of envy in everything that was going on. But I'm delighted to say you know, a little bit of a different podcast this week. Obviously, a two-legged tie. Joining us for the first time is James Dowden, colleague of the fantastic Dan McGuinness, who came on last week, an employee of Sevilla FC and their social media team. Watches each and every single game. Was at the game on Thursday. Uh, had a couple of beers with him, actually, just off the Plaza there. España in Seville last week. Uh, wonderful evening was had by all. James, brilliant to uh, have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, first of all, before we get into the nitty gritty of the football, uh, can you tell James Jones, uh, my partner here, that how good I told him last week was was exactly true? Oh, yeah. I think we'll had probably one of the times of his lives. Yeah, all the West Ham fans, there was um, a huge, huge away travelling, fantastic support from the West Ham fans. Um, yeah, kind of like a mini invasion in Seville of, of West Ham flags, good natured chanting, and and a good good consumption of beer. I'd imagine I I think a lot of the bars did some very good trade, and and yeah, just a fantastic week um, in the sun for many West Ham fans. I think last week. Yeah, exactly, mate. What what, what was the? I mean, it, it seemed obviously you had that trouble um, on the Wednesday night after Real Betis played Frankfurt, when the the general consensus and the widely accepted story now is that the Eintracht Frankfurt's Fans sort of just attacked West Ham fans unprovoked. Um, and that was the only tiny pocket of trouble, really, as, as far as most of the reports that I've seen. Um, what's the feeling in, in Seville afterwards towards the, the West Ham fans and, and how the, the game and the whole event went off generally? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, I think the view here from Seville is 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 one that'd be very positive. I think um I think if if West Ham were, were to ever come back again, they'd be they'd be very much welcome. Uh, from a personal pump, uh, standpoint, I was in um, one of the main squares on on the Thursday, just just the, the the evening after the trouble, but prior to the match, as it were. And yeah, there was it was absolutely no problems at all. West Ham fans seems to be enjoying themselves, and yeah, from the press I've been reading here, absolutely absolutely no complaints really. Just a just a very good, strong, passionate away support. And then in the stadium as well, they they made their voices heard. I heard at the start the um the bubbles chant, of course, and then yeah support their team to the end and and yeah a, a good away traveling i'd say in europe something yeah. in in Seville we're not used to um in in recent years perhaps right okay yeah yeah i mean it's brilliant stuff i think certainly the the vibe of the people i was coming across was just everyone was just happy to be there wanted to have a good time which isn't always hasn't always been true you know, i've been to lots of west ham games away games excuse me in my life um and that's not always the case depending on location and depending on the form of the team and all that um, but it was the most feel-good atmosphere I've ever been involved in, really, with West Ham, or certainly up there, you know, with other huge days we've had. And, uh, yeah, brilliant to see everyone having a good time, mingling with the locals. Um, yeah, lots of nice respect. Mutual respect on Twitter and all that afterwards. Uh, James, the game, though, uh, we'll look back before we look forward, I think. 
uh, ultimately, it was a bit of a strange one after the game because whilst everyone had enjoyed the occasion, West from West Ham perspective, everyone had enjoyed the occasion, of course. But although we lost the game, there wasn't really much negativity at all. Everyone would have loved the goal, I think, just to celebrate away from home. A goal that meant something would have been superb. I'm included in that. Um, I include myself in that group of people who have that thought as well. Um unfortunate not to, I think. Vlasic should score. Good tackle from Jesus Navas. Blocks Lanzini, which could have gone in. A couple of other half chances. Antonio's air kick and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and Seville's goal, a pretty well-worked goal, but not too much disappointment after the game. What was the view among among the home fans and, and those within the club about the, that 1-0 result? Because it's far from over. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the view here from, from Seville was that it was, I think, probably exactly... Um, what we're expecting kind of going into the game. I think our, our sporting director, Monchi, said before the game that the West Ham was probably the strongest team in England outside of kind of that established kind of big six. And yeah, I think I think he gave us a really tough game, as you said. I think mentioned that Vlasic chance. I was sitting up in the press box and my heart was in my mouth for a minute there. I think either side of either side of Bono is as a fantastic keeper as, as he is, that that probably goes in on another day. And mm. I think, yeah, I think it, from a severe perspective, a, a good performance, um, competitive, I think um I think I think we had something like 20 22 shots at goal so for Sevilla that that will be quite a high number and perhaps I think Sevilla as well had another few half chances I think um I think it was Munir from inside the box card one just wide so on another day it could have been a different result but I think um I think the view from Seville is that it's very much we're only at half time in this time there's there's still very much 90 minutes to play potentially even longer who knows what happens on on Thursday night but but certainly um both teams still in it James, one thing I noticed um, with the Sevilla's performance and their their approach to the game coming up against West Ham was that they seemed to put a lot of balls in the box and they were targeting El Naziri in between our two centre-backs and he got a good three or four headers away. Um, Is that Sevilla's usual thing, they just get the balls in the box for for El Naziri or is it kind of like, well, no, there's a weakness there that we think West Ham might have that that they could exploit because I just, I found it like the first one, it was like, okay, well, we need to stop that. And then the second, third and fourth time I was like, this clearly, it must be a plan, a plan of attack for, to, to exploit one of our weaknesses. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, that, I think that is very much the severe game plan is, is to kind of hold possession, be patient, wait for the chance and then kind of either feed in through your full box, in your, sorry, in through your full box or, or then through your wingers. I think perhaps just because of end the series height, um, that that's something that I think perhaps Lopetegui and, and his coaching staff look to attack. I think mm. um, perhaps we haven't seen it as much this season uh, because Enesiri was, was was injured earlier this season and then was at the African Cup of Nations in January. So he hasn't had hasn't had quite that kind of effect on the team this year, perhaps compared to, I believe West Ham were rumoured to be in the market for him, perhaps I think it was maybe the season before last. Mm. And that's when that was kind of really the kind of the forefront score headers, those kind of, inside the box scrappy finishes that kind of you, you'd expect from your strikers. So I think perhaps maybe on Thursday night that could be the um could be could be the game plan uh, once more depending on on lineups and injury news as 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 Lopetegui sees fit. Do you think that I mean for, from my point of view, uh, I was a little bit um obviously the words from Monchi, the kind words Sam, you know, that you felt West Ham were quite strong before the game and um that kind of gave me a little bit of a confidence boost, kind of massage my ego personally as a West Ham fan. But um, I was actually 
pleasantly surprised with how narrow the game was in the end. You know, I wasn't expecting us to get turned over by Sevilla. You know, I was quietly confident. But was there a, an element of surprise from Sevilla's um, from Sevilla fans? Obviously, I know you, you know there was the words of Monchi, but I mean, given Sevilla's pedigree in, in the competition and in La Liga this season as well, they're absolutely fine. Do you think that you know there's a not so much surprise but disappointment given the, the number of chances that that particularly on Azuri had? Potentially, potentially. But I think I think um Sevilla fans, especially at the um the Sanchez Prequan this year, would would perhaps be used to maybe that maybe not that kind of performance, but that result perhaps. Mm-hmm. So Sevilla very kind of like uh we win a lot of our matches kind of one to, one goal to nil, keep the clean sheet. Don't guessed it. Last and last is... yeah, Dan guessed it last week when we did the opposition view. And uh, yeah, he said that that rarely do our predictions or nah. those of the opposition come right on this podcast. But he nailed it. He <laughs> said, "Yeah, it'll be it'll be one nil by the because that's our scoreline." Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I echoed his words actually at the same point. I was I think it was one nil. Yeah, it's just a, a very typical we'll score one goal and then kind of see out the game kind of in a professional sense and, and the clean sheet. I think our clean sheet record is one of one of the best in the, in the top five leagues in Europe this year. I think so. I think that's very much. I think as as Dan was echoing last week, kind of the strength of this side. So, yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, in the second half, I think West Ham sort of retreated somewhat. Um, it was, it was, you know, everyone was quite buoyed by the first half performance, and I think it was strange after. So I saw you after the game, uh, James, albeit a little deeper into the night. Um, so the level of sense that was being uh, spoken at that stage might have dropped <laughs> off somewhat. Um, but I, I think the, you know, in amongst all the, the ribbon and all that sort of stuff, there seemed to genuinely be two differing opinions. I think because I was focused on the chances West Ham missed and if it wasn't for the Navas tackle, we could and Vlasic could easily have scored twice uh, and wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have felt that, oh, we were lucky to get those. I felt we were good for them. Uh, and it seemed like there was a sense among Sevilla fans as well that it was almost like, yeah, well, we we had, like you just said, 22 shots on goal. That was news to me. It didn't feel like you, uh, either team really was peppering the other team. It was, But I just found it a really, really entertaining, even game of football. And because I was swept up in the occasion as well and just so delighted to be watching my team play away in Europe in a knockout stage tie, it was almost like the fact the game was good and we didn't win, I was like, it's okay. But it was what an evening. The atmosphere was superb as well. That's one thing. I noticed that I went to that Betis game that like I've mentioned and the Betis fans were, were dead, really. The Eintracht fans were good singing all the game, but the Seville fans, to a man in that stadium. I, and I've been to a few Spanish games, I've seen nothing like it. Could hear it yeah, absolutely. As well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like, listening to in into David Moyes' press conference at the end, I think I think that, like, he, he echoed your words just, just there, exactly. He said, um, I think the words he used was kind of the severe fans drove on severe in that second half to kind of push her up the pitch as the West Ham retreated to a kind of more defensive game plan. And yeah, having been to virtually every home game this season at severe since, since I joined the club, I think it, it ranks really quite highly up there in terms of home atmospheres. Um, like on, on a Thursday, early keep, uh, early evening kickoff as well. I think, um, yeah, like completely incredible atmosphere, I think. And, and something that a lot of West Ham fans as well, I think, noted as well from from the ones I spoke to and, and seeing the reaction on social media as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this might not be a popular view or whatever, but I think in the the rest of the stadium, I, I think they were they were sort of drowned out, if you like. Um, it was obviously that 
passion, but it was it was non-stop. I was I was very impressed. James, you're um to look for Josie, sorry, mate, before we move on to the game this Thursday. Any uh, any other lasting thoughts on um on Thursday's game in particular? Because your spotting of N Nasiri getting in between the defenders again, my ability to uh, do any sort of tactical analysis might have been hampered somewhat by the fact um, that by the game time the game kicked off, I'd I'd had a beer or ten. <laughs> no, I think um, I think you're right. I mean, I didn't realise that Sevilla had as many chances as the twenty-two or twenty-two mm. shots on goal. Um, didn't, certainly didn't feel that way. Um, nothing, nothing other than the fact that yeah, we did drop deep late in the you know as the game went on. I think. We were quite quite happy to leave it at one nil in the end, I think, and, and take something back to number. Yeah, it didn't feel too panicked though, did it? No, no, and I think you know, we, we tried going forward once or twice in the in the in the final stages, but by then I think we'd um we'd run out of energy a little bit. Yeah, but, noble comes on, you know that. You yeah, know, happy with yeah. one nil defeat. Yeah, the, the the one thing that I keep thinking about is um, I think it was yeah it was the first half, and I can't remember who played in the ball, but the cross ball over to uh, Creswell. And he controls it, and then applauds oh. whoever gave the pass. And Johnson, I'm, Ben Johnson. Who yeah, and we just sort of like, mate, what are you doing? Like, yeah, just get on with a game. Yeah, it's not, it's not five a side game. What are you doing? Like, this is the Europa League last sixteen knockout stage. You can't be doing that. Clapping um, his mate. Yeah, while he's getting shut down. Yeah, it's just like yeah. that. Just sort of, the the guys I watched it with, um, we kind of all just looked at each other with like wide eyed, like. What was that for? What are you doing? What are yeah, you doing? yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I think um, I'm, I'm quite happy with the result. You've got to be really, haven't you? Yeah, definitely, mate. Especially with the no away goal thing as well. It doesn't really matter. Um, James, that we're about to move on to then. You're flying, travelling over with the team on on Thursday for that game. As far as I understand, am I right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually flying of my own volition. Um, I'm flying. I'm flying via Bristol to see a few friends, and then into. Oh, London fair enough. On Thursday, so I am. But you'll be there for the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be. I'll be there for the game. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. So, um, you'll be coming over uh, for that second leg. Um, what's the what's the feeling in in Spain ahead of that? Because I think focus this side of the water has been uh, very much about the players West Ham have got coming back. Hope for there's a hope for Jared Bowen. Um, I'm not so sure about that myself at this stage. There's a hope that you know he'll be coming back to just give us that extra bit of impetus. What condition he'll be in if he can return. No one really knows. Even if it's just on the bench, he'll be a he'll be a good player to have back. But as far as Seville go, the few injuries, no Rakitic last week. Dan was totally right what he said about Diego Carlos as centre back. I was really impressed with him. Um, but you had a few players out, Lamella, I think, and, and one or two others um, are likely to come back this week. Are they? So I think I think the view from 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 this side of the pond is that um, as as has kind of been the case for a lot of this season it's kind of been the story of Sevilla it's kind of it's the players out and and kind of who who's available really this week so I think in terms of this week the squad the squad released uh was released just just this afternoon actually so um Marcos Acuna who is um he's our Argentinian fullback we um we had a game at the weekend in Sarayo Balacano up in Madrid um and that was a one-all draw um actually quite a disappointing result for Sevilla but one that perhaps in terms of results that we've had lately um, perhaps kind of typical. We've drawn a lot of our away matches, I think, this season since the turn of the year. Um, and Arcunia went off in that game injured, and we had to bring one of our one of our academy players on. So there might be a kind of reshuffle in defence, perhaps. And also from the first leg in in Seville against West Ham, uh, Lucas Ocampos picked up a booking, 
um and due to the the booking the booking laws he's he's now suspended for the second leg so there's a couple of injuries couple of suspensions i think diego carlos might be out again as well so um i think you'll see a shifted back line for seville this season just just on a campus because i was actually quite impressed with him i thought i thought he was quite lively that's 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 quite a big loss for Sevilla, isn't it yeah i think so i think um he started off this season quite slowly perhaps but then he got to i'd say kind of november december time um last year and he kind of came into life as he were started playing really well and um, i think he went on a runway of, of scoring some mm. good goals and assists and and yeah that'll be that'll be a huge loss up top for Sevilla. um mm. he's one of our one of our better attacking players argentine international um, yeah, I think I think that will be a, a big loss for Sevilla. Is there any returning? So those who missed out, uh, the Rakitic and Lamella, particularly the names that will be known to to Premier yeah. League fans, are they on the way back? Uh, uh, so Lamella is Lamella is not registered for the Europa League um, this oh, season right. due to his injury. But um, someone that Premier League fans may know is Fernando. Um, so ex Manchester City uh, holding midfielder, he returns from injury, which is a huge positive because I think. Uh, heading into last week, there was no there's no recognised defensive midfielder player available for Sevilla. So his return to the side is, is a huge boost. Um, he often plays a defensive midfielder, but perhaps um, in terms of with our back line and our injuries, has slotted in on centre-back on occasion. So it'll be interesting to see where he plays. But he he's a very strong player, experienced um, and, and a real leader on the pitch as well. Um, and then perhaps as well, we've got Montiel coming back. He was injured for first leg. Um, Argentinian fullback, um, who, with as as has been the case for a lot of this season with Sevilla, he'd actually been covering for Jesus Navas at right back, um, who, who'd been injured for large parts and, and had really impressed here in Spain from Sevilla. He'd he'd really stepped up to the plate. So um, as as injuries come in, new players come in, and I think Lobtegui is just just hoping that he can get a, a fit, strong eleven out on that pitch for for Thursday night. So how does he approach this one then? See, you come into London with a goal advantage in what I think everyone's expecting to be a, a pretty pretty big atmosphere. I think it will probably, I think what I am especially expecting it to be the best atmosphere we've had since we've moved there. Um, we've had a few you of those. You love that season. phrase, don't you? We've, you we've had a few of those this it. season. Will disagrees, but we've had a few. But I, I genuinely think the place, the London Stadium is going to be absolutely rocking because we're still in the tire. It's our biggest game, I would say, since the 2006 FA Cup final. Um, it's absolutely massive for West Ham. How does how, how do you think Sevilla are going to approach this? Because it, you know, it's one a one goal lead going into a second leg away is it isn't safe by any means, is it? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, and I think. Um... What's perhaps really interesting, especially this season as well, is there there's no away goal. So mm. even even if Sevilla were to score, like West Ham could still score two and take extra time. So there's not that that perhaps added in need or, or necessity to score that third goal. So I think I think that's interesting coming into it. The away goal, see how Sevilla play. I'd imagine Sevilla will try and play on the front foot, um, perhaps try and dominate possession, kind of play their usual game, and then try to carve out a chance maybe across into the box might be it. But uh, we'll be very aware of the threat for West Ham. I think. Seeing Declan Rice last week on the pitch in the flesh was 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 for the first time seeing him in playing in full ninety was was really impressive to see him in the flesh and I think that West Ham have a lot of players that can can hurt and cause 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 any side including severe problems on their day. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly don't think because I was genuinely in the back of my mind thought last week uh, before the game, not really knowing the golf or if any existed between the teams, that it could easily be a 3-0 defeat for West Ham and the tie-over. Um, the fact it's not is absolutely superb. Uh, J- 
James, brilliant having you on with us on the show. So looking ahead to this game, then you mentioned it there. I, I'm semi-surprised here because I, I don't know, Jonesy, uh, how are you expecting West Ham to approach it? Because it's one of those, isn't it, where I, I'm a bit concerned we might see 90 minutes of what happened in the second half, at which stage, you know, Seville had control of the game, really, didn't they? West Ham didn't really have too much of a sniff. And it was almost like... I'm sort of hoping that that was just because we were away and they didn't really mind that. Uh, and the home crowd obviously is going to help um, them to do that as well. But Josie, do you, I, I'm, I, I can't really put my finger on how Moisey is going to approach it. I, th- I think they'll come out quick. Well, they'll, they'll try to anyway. I think there'll be, there'll be a want to get that, try and get that, that equaliser uh, for the whole tie, that is. Uh, get the first goal as, as early as possible. Because uh, the longer that the longer it goes without a scoring, if it stays nil nil, it's going to get tense in that ground, and I don't think mm. that's going to it's going to work in our favour a little bit. That work in Sevilla's favour if it starts getting a little bit tense in there. So I I, I really think he's going to come. At, they're going to they're going to go for it in the first you know, 15, 20 minutes at least to try and get an early goal, and then they boost the stadium. I'm actually um, nervous. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it could be huge gap to the back. Craig Dawson yeah. scampering back yeah. to try and keep up yeah. with someone whose legs work. Or you you do you, you you play it conservative for the first hour or so, and then hope hope you're still in the game by then, and then and then you go mm. for go for a sucker punch in the last half an hour. But I think that's I think that Moise makes me nervous as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just nervous. There's, there's no like perfect way to approach it, is it? I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, we have to score at least once to have any chance of going through. So you kind of got to go for it, and I think that's what Moyes would do: try and get an early goal, and, and then give the stadium a boost. Mm, yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, James, what is your sort of last thoughts before we get a score prediction off of you ahead of head of Thursday? Then are you, are you feeling confident from it? What's the feeling among your own feeling and that among severe fans? I think I think we'll progress. I think I think I think we'll I think we'll progress, and I think perhaps heading to this game of with the lead, I think we're probably favourites to progress. And given our history in the competition as well, I think perhaps from a, looking to West Ham and your viewers, perhaps I think. One thing that might give you hope is is um, is that Sevilla's record this season away from home has has actually been quite poor. I think in our in our three group stage games in the Champions League, we we didn't win at all away from home. And I was actually in Zagreb for the the last thirty two match, and and that was actually a one 0 defeat away from home as well. So Sevilla haven't actually been playing that well away from home in Europe this season. So and, and this has been mirrored in the league as well. So that could perhaps make this game interesting. We've we've kind of tended to struggle. Um, just kind of breaking through the lines away from home. We've had a lot of draws, a lot of nil-nil draws or, or one-all draws. So that might be something to to bear in mind heading to this game for for the London Stadium and, and the challenge of playing West Ham. There we go. He's giving us hope after two, all. Two new severe win then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, James, uh, Dowder, just one thing that interests me because Spanish fans typically don't travel particularly well. I know it's not part of Spanish culture to do away games as such. Um, I know there's been among some severe supporter groups uh, I saw uh, organising trips and all that, but I don't know in what sort of numbers. You had 3,000 West Ham fans officially in the away end. You'll have seen it yourself. There was The home end was littered uh, with Hammers fans also. 
I suspect around four to four and a half in the ground altogether, uh, which made for a brilliant atmosphere. We were sat in a sort of neutral zone, if you like, um, and the fans nearby. Everyone was mixing really well. You know, it was a brilliant atmosphere. Uh, what's what, what can West Ham fans expect as far as travelling fans go? Do you know how many tickets have been sold or how many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think it's um, I think it's in the region of of two thousand three hundred. I think have been sold. I, oh, think, wow. I think I think Good. I think I think Sevilla received off the top of my head. I think it was an allocation of of around three thousand. Yeah, um, that's but right. then they but then they sent back a few tickets. Uh, so but um, to have t- yeah two thousand three hundred Sevilla fans traveling is is really good numbers as you say in Spanish football. It's it's really not common at all. It's really not common at all to have to many traveling fans even even to games in Spain really. So to get two thousand just a, sh- a shade over two thousand Sevilla fans in London for. For Thursday night is fantastic support, really, and hopefully it'll bring a good, a good noise. I think the ultras are traveling the the Biris Norte, so I think it will make for a really good atmosphere. I assume they're the ones behind the goal that didn't stop bouncing all game. Yes, they, so they were. Right? They were the ones behind the goal from the first leg. Yeah, who who didn't stop yeah. bouncing for the full game, and they'll bring their flags, their chanting, and the scars for what, what should be a, a fantastic second leg. Brilliant. Yeah, what a spectacle it's going to be. Look, James, uh, we really appreciate having you on. You and Dan giving us your time last week and this week, um, just ahead of uh, a brilliant, really exciting time for, for West Ham fans as well. It's been great to come up against a club like Seville. It's great of you two guys to give us your time. We appreciate it this week. Just before we let you go then, uh, we hope you enjoy yourself in London. Um, I can't promise you as late of a night after the game uh, as, <laughs> as we had last Thursday. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to hook up again. But football comes first. What's the score prediction from from your side on the night, and then of course what that will mean on aggregate? I think it's going to be one all on the night, which would which would then lead to a, a two one severe tight aggregate win. I think. There you go, mate. Jonesy, any thoughts? Uh, I'm going to say. I mean, I'd like to say we'll, we'll win it one nil, um, and then it will go to extra time and God knows what else. After yeah, that. I know. <laughs> no, yeah. I, just, I don't know, but I, I, I think, I think we'll, we'll take it the distance and then whatever happens, happens. I, I really can't call it. I'm struggling. I really am. Mm. Yeah, I, mate, I'm exactly the same. I can see extra time. I just, like you said, I, I think that will be, it's going to be absolutely bouncing in there. Like you can't get a ticket for love nor money, which is rarely, like really the case at London Stadium, even for big Premier League games, really, you can always snag Stick one somewhere. One. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But people literally like all the season ticket holders I know are going to a man. Everyone who sometimes goes to one or two wants tickets. There's not a ticket to be had, which, you know, is like I say, is very rare for London Stadium. And when it's like that and people are chomping at the bit, mm-hmm. it can be an absolute amazing arena to watch football in when everyone's pulling in the right direction. And it feels like that is going to happen on Thursday. I think if Seville get a go in the first 15 minutes, that's when I worry because I think that's tie over then because that will kill the atmosphere dead. <laughs> and as we saw, they were professional at seeing it out. But yeah, Jonesy, I reckon 2-1. I've got a horrible feeling we go 2 new up and there's like party atmosphere and everyone thinks we're going to do it. And then uh, and then Seville nick one back. Yeah, extra time. And then, you know, who knows what happens when it gets to that stage. But look, James, thanks again for joining us. James Dowden there, um, official employee of Seville FC in the game. 
uh, or in London for the game on Thursday. If we can catch up with you, great. If not, do enjoy it. Thanks for your time, you and Dan. And uh, yeah, thanks for contributing on the podcast to make what's already an exciting time, um, bring it to life for, for those who listen to the We Are West Ham podcast. Stay with us because we have some Aston Villa reaction next. Jonesy, quite hard from my perspective to engage with the Aston Villa game on Sunday beforehand. I only landed back from Seville on Saturday and I'm going to be honest, at the time and still, and we're Tuesday evening now, I was feeling some of the after effects of what was quite a uh, an enjoyable um, but uh, yeah, fairly well lubricated trip. A couple of casual days actually, we landed on the Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, like Five or six beer days, but like over the whole day, a few bits of tapas in between. So it was all in all, just quite a nice little vibe. Thursday, bit of a different story. Quite an early start, soaking up the atmosphere of all the fans, getting into the ground. A um, few drinks there and then, you know, meeting up with some friends afterwards as well. Um, and sort of ended up uh, going into the night, into the Spanish night. As it were, so yeah, Friday and uh, and then travelling home Saturday was just a little bit groggy and um, not really feeling much better about it now. To be quite honest, mate, and we're on Tuesday, but I think that's me getting old rather than uh, rather than any of the excesses of last week. Um, but yeah, in, in amidst all that, we we had Aston Villa at home in the Premier League on Sunday, um, and lo and behold, out of nowhere, uh, we came away. <laughs> with a 2-1 win and you know I was saying before the game I was like oh, I'm not too bothered if we win this really like, I was sort of going along anyway because I wasn't working and um, going to watch and support West Ham as I do um, but yeah it was I don't know when we won I was like and played really well I was like oh I wasn't really expecting that but brilliant that that was a surprising thing of it, wasn't it? It was, it was the performance more than anything. I think a lot of West Ham fans were concerned that Thursday night's performance may have taken a little bit too much out of the players, and obviously you know, the, the the squad or the lack of squad depth is well documented by now. But you know, we, when you consider that, I mean, I I for one was thinking, you know, they're going to get absolutely knackered. They're not going to be up for this. Uh, one eye is going to be on Thursday night. Um, but how wrong we all were. I mean, it's just a really, really good, encouraging performance and actually a really important three points when you consider it. Um, Arsenal winning again. Um, good that Spurs lost, but, you know, Wolves won again. Just puts the pressure on a little bit if we want to finish in the top six or top seven. So just a good good performance all round. Good to see the three points. Um, just so wonderful to see Yamalenko get on the score sheet. And... Um, yeah, it's just a good day all round. Unexpected good day because, as I said, don't really weren't expecting that performance at all. No, no. And what was nice as well is, you know, I'm sure Villa will perhaps think they had an off day, but ultimately, like you mentioned it, then when we're talking in those terms already, West Ham won that game, didn't they? Villa yeah. didn't lose it. I thought Villa were okay. I was oh, expecting right. a little bit more, to be quite honest. Um, but no, West Ham, I, I felt won the game in their own right, which was which was wonderful to see. And mate, honestly, yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of an emotional week for me, quite honestly. Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, perhaps I was gushing to be over in Spain last week, as we mentioned already. Um, and yeah, the Yarmolenko thing, mate. I mean, yeah, we've been the first in the queue to 
to give him stick from his footballing ability um, on this podcast, you know, as of, of thousands of West Ham fans, undoubtedly. And fairly, you know, when mm-hmm. the conversation is just about his football ability and the fact he's one of the highest earners at the club, you know, you can't bash anyone for saying those things in the past, certainly not knowing what's come now. All of that immediately stopped. Everyone through their weight, fans and the club alike, through their weight behind and support behind um, Yarmolenko when Russia invaded his homeland. His wife and uh, one of, at least one of his children still out there. Um, you know, what? it completely changed the dynamic, and rightfully so, because it's completely humanitarian. And as we try and remind people on this podcast most weeks, you know, there's that phrase in it, football and West Ham being the most important of the least important things. Uh, situations like what's happened in uh, Ukraine or what's happening in Ukraine show that. But honestly, mate, I mean, you, sometimes the Premier League throws up things like that, doesn't it? And, you mm. know, sometimes you get broadcasters and, uh, you know, we both work in uh, the media anyway. Um, and obviously, naturally, like, you know, you look for the narrative, you look for the story because that's, that's what, you know, people like to hear all that. But sometimes it's just no one has to do anything. And, and him putting the ball in the net after he come on, probably wasn't expecting to come on either. He looked like a man possessed, I thought, before the goal. He genuinely mm. did. I'm not just saying it. I genuinely thought he looked more up for a West Ham game than I've probably ever seen him, really. Um, and to put in, it's, it's hard to find the words, mate, isn't it? I, I was really genuinely touched and moved, as you could tell, was everyone in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly brought a tear to my eye. Um, and what a finish, by the way. That's no. the, what a finish. Outside um, of the left bottom corner, yes, oh, please. Oh, yeah, it was superb. But, yeah, just it was almost written in the stars, wasn't it? I know that's a, a, a cliche. I had to get one in. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. It, re- it really, really was because you're right. He came up, he came off the bench and got that round of applause, and um, you straight away see that he was well up for it. He wanted to make a difference, mm. and um, just sprinting around a bit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he just ran about. And I actually <laughs> said to, oh, I can't remember. I said to a guy next to me, I said, uh, "It's mad. Actually, he's not a bad footballer. He's actually quite good. You forget <laughs> actually he's quite good. It's just when he puts a bit of effort in, um, mm. but." Just the whole the whole situation. Obviously, what what's going on over in Ukraine is just terrible. Can't even. I'm not even going to try and imagine what he's going through, what his family's gone through. Um. So to even just get into some kind of mindset to even think about playing a football match of any, mm. even if it's just half an hour, just like, full respect to the man. Yeah. Not just play a football match, like Moyes was saying that he gave him a call and said, Look, are you ready to come back? No worries if you're not, but you're ready. And he's gone, Yeah, go on then. Um, and he's come back and he's he's got himself in, a, in the right mindset, come off the bench and scored in the Premier League. I mean, there's not many people out there that can that can do that under the circumstances. Um, so mm. I've got massive, massive respect for the man. And um, you're right, yeah, we've criticized him quite heavily in the past, but and quite rightly so. But no, I think you've got to. Got to give him all the respect for what he did on yeah. Saturday, and um, and also respect to the club as well. The club have been really, really good to him. Yeah, um, I think Fabianski in particular has been quite, quite a big support to yeah. him. I think he he was quite crucial in helping his family get into Poland across the border. Yeah, I'm not. Sure. I know there was some mention of that on Twitter. I think you'd probably be a little bit careful. Not you, I just well, mean. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, he's certainly been very supportive to him. You, yeah, you wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised, would you? And no. You know, um, 
you know, in particular. You know, the, I think there was some confusion over a Moisey quote about that. Exactly. But I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the fact is the club, t- the, the way that every single player on that pitch went and celebrated with him. Mm. Um, the club have been superb with him. The fans have been, fans were great on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of respect for the man. And um, yeah, hope to see more. So I hope to see more of that from him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Antonio goes down injured and he comes on. Mate, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I know it might be bad. Everyone else going, oh no, what a worry for the Europa League. Honestly, I was like, oh well. To be like, fair, he's, just he's, done well, he's done well to make it to March, hasn't he, Antonio? Yeah, yeah. He's done absolutely nothing in recent weeks. You know, I just... I, I, think, I wasn't, honestly, and I'm not just saying it for effect, I promise. I was like, oh well. Because... I I, people might think I'm being like deliberately try. I'm genuinely not. I think, I think the worry is that with Baron injured, um, that's that just makes it a little bit more complicated, a little bit more difficult. If Baron was still fit and firing, then you'd be like, okay, not a massive big, worry. But big Yarmark front, surely. Yeah, maybe you, you go. You go into Thursday. I mean, like, literally. Uh, Diomenenko's had a good 30 minutes in two years on Sunday. We can't expect him to take us through to the next round of the Europa League on Thursday night. Like, we have to be realistic. Um, uh, to be fair, to be fair, give him his due in the group get, stages of the Europa League. Yeah, like, don't get that's me wrong. where he's played his best football this season. We can't, we can't expect him to do that, particularly given what's happened. Okay, come off the bench at the weekend and scored. Hmm. We can't now expect him to do that every game. It's not going to happen. We need to be realistic about it. No, um, yeah. Um, and I think with Bowen injured as well, and it question marks over whether he's going to play or not on Thursday. That's that's the worry. It's like, okay, well, who else have we got? You can't rely on young Sonny Perkins to to save the day, hmm. um, and you can't Flasic just not a striker. So that's the worry. But I do get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying is that well, he's barely done anything for the last four months, so hmm. not really going to miss him. But we might we might miss him. Yeah, yeah, I'd, and that's if I really, if I think about it, then yeah, probably I would rather have him than not. But uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, you could sort of tell as well. Like, it comes on, appreciate Antonio might have worn out the defenders, whatever, but he comes on, puts in the back of the net, look more dangerous than Antonio has for about nine months or however long it's been now. Um, yeah, uh, Declan Rice as well, I thought was was good again. I think we already agreed a few weeks ago to just assume that we thought that. And if we didn't, we'd say otherwise. So uh, that was brilliant. Again, that run at the end to set off, um, set up that, that goal to wrap it up from Pablo. John McGinn on his backside, didn't he? Put yeah. Super wonderful. Brilliant, is it? Yeah, absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, nice, powerful run. Good ball from Ben Rama. I thought Ben Rama looked better than he has done for a while. I saw you tweeted about it. Yeah, I've got. I've seen quite a lot of tweets after that game. So, um, a few tweets from from fans going, "Oh, he's rubbish. Gave the ball away too much. Um, too inconsistent." Stark Wall. He was the only player, particularly in the first half, that really was willing to take risks in the final third. And we've really lacked that over the last couple of months. Is someone willing to take risks in the final third? And so, when you've got a player like that who's who's taking risks, not everything's going to pull up. Not everything's going to come off. The odd cross might go a little bit too deep, or a cross might go into Rosev, um, or a shot might go over. Um, but at least he was trying to make something happen in the final third, which we've not been able to say a lot of from him 
recently. No, nope. not other than Bowen. Everyone else hasn't really given us much or tried that tried that much in the final third. So it was really refreshing mm. to see him do that, particularly in the first half. I thought he was very good in the first half. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why he was getting criticism from from some fans because you know that's that's what you want from an attacking player, someone you know actually trying to do something, trying to create something, trying to have a public yeah. goal. Um, and then even when I he do does understand that, fans if none of them are coming off. Like, I do. Yeah, but he no, had not that they were on Saturday, but I yeah 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 a couple of crosses were a little bit off, um, Sunday, off target, but he had one shot on target in the first half. Um, he got two assists in the second, um, and he was generally he was running at players, trying hmm. to trying to make something happen, trying to be a bit creative. Um, so yeah, I which really is understand. more than he has done recently, though, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just didn't really understand the the. The criticism or the level of criticism. There were some things you might have had a bit of a moan about, but at the end of the day, at least he was giving it a go because mm. we haven't had that for many of our attacking players of late. So, yeah, I want to see him start on Thursday. I think that I think that performance will give him a nice boost of confidence because we know he's a confidence player. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I want to see him start Thursday because if you can put a performance like that. And when he came off the bench against Severe, he looked really good as well, to be fair. Mm. He didn't look what? too bad. Where do you see him then? Where do you put him? What you know? Well, so, what are you see him for that? That I don't want to get too much into it, but like, like what? I don't know. Where does he go? What team? Obviously, it all depends on Antonio's fitness, but and Bowen's as well. I, I it may be that he has to play because we haven't yeah. got any attacking players, and him and Fornells and Lanzini play behind Yarmolenko. Well, I, I see him. I see him out on that left, like like we saw him on on Sunday. I think that's where, yeah. you know, stick him out there again. He was effective Four. against Villa. Four nails on the right. Yeah. Antini through the middle. Yeah. Happy days. Um, yeah, anything else in the Villa game? Oh, I'll tell you one thing, mate. I mean, it's been said to death on Twitter, rightfully so. What, an, honestly, what a ridiculous, divey, faking injuries team. I know Douglas Louise eventually got a proper clapping, uh, clout in the mouth, split his lip open, and everyone was like booing him and giving him grief while he was on the floor. It's like, well, yeah, because 19 of your teammates beforehand, mate, had cried wolf like there was no tomorrow. So, weirdly, the one time you do get injured, no one notices or cares. That's one thing that really surprised me from Stephen Gerrard's team. Oh, for a play. That didn't surprise me at but all. I just, no, I just thought... Played for Liverpool his whole life. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just I thought he was a better man than that. But, um, but I just don't understand... It's funny, as soon as we were 1-0, they're all fit, fit as a fiddle all of a sudden. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A quick bit get back in the game. But yeah, it was pretty bad, like, one point. But like, at a, when it was 0-0, it's like, what are you doing, lads? Yeah, Cross came in, it hit one of them in the head, and he went down injured. It was just like, mate, come on. <laughs> like, it was just a clearance. He just cleared the ball, and you just said, oh, I've got a concussion all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a little bit odd. Like, we were all staying. And from a team like Aston Villa yeah, as well. So I was like, like, what are you doing? Like, it's not as if like like they're... Arsenal, you kind of expect it. It's like, not as like, like, if the points either. Like, they're no. not like, oh, no, we need to get a point out of this. This is really, like, this is really important. Like, they're mm. mid-table. They're not going down. They're not going to yeah. crop up for Europe. Um, I felt like they were playing for a point. I don't know about you. Like, from the off, that stuff included as well. Like, Yeah, it did feel like that a little bit, which I found... I just found the whole... Thing odd, just uh, weird but, from them. I thought they had this yeah. like new, yeah, refreshing side under Stephen Gerald or whatever. It's just like, 
a weird approach to a game. And I was just, by the end, I was like, I'm really, really happy we beat them in the end. Yeah. always do better, don't we? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a strange one. It's good to see Philip yeah. uh, Philippe Acatino back in the flesh, though. He's a, he's a lovely little player. He wasn't at his best, though, but no. always liked him when he was at Liverpool. He's a very, very good player. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Declan Rice had, had him pocketed all afternoon, no, which was nice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Manuel Lanzini was going to be the new Coutinho, wasn't he? We uh, when he went to Barcelona, there was rumours linking him before that injury. Yeah. So um, lucky we've still got um, the the little gem or the little diamond or whatever it is. Jewel. Uh, like the jewel, is it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Jewel and gem and diamond. That's close on it, but not no cigar. Um, anything else in Jonesy of note from that game, other than just quite a pleasant three points uh, that keeps us in the mix. For, and then, I don't know, game like that, I just think, well, oh, maybe Tottenham on the weekend's huge all of a sudden. I was sort of quite ready mentally, I think, for us to lose or draw that game and just be like, okay, like, we'll, you know, we'll just focus on the Europa League. If we finish seventh or, you know, perhaps we'll still be in the shout for sixth. Um, but it's all right. But now we're not still in it, aren't we? We're still in it. I think that you take a lot of confidence in the fact that we've, we've managed to win a game after a Europa League game because there's, there's yep. that there's that um, myth. It's myth, mate. It's it is a myth, but you know that you know, teams generally struggle in a league game. We have we've been all right earlier in the season. We're okay, right. we? there wasn't right. a pattern. Put it that way. But you would you would expect that to kind of be our problem this season, given the size of our squad. I know I keep mentioning it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't really been an issue this year, but I thought this late in the this this late in the season will it suddenly become an issue? So it gives me it gives us a little bit of confidence, sort of you know, just regardless of what happens on Thursday in the second leg, that going to that Spurs game on Sunday, yeah, I mean that we're still going to get a performance out of that team. Um, and you know, Spurs are more than beatable on their day under Conte. I mean, so something, weird, aren't they? So inconsistent. But... Because they keep they win loss win loss at the moment, aren't they? For like the past however many weeks it is. Yeah. Uh, loss against Man United. They're playing Brighton uh, Wednesday night, um, which should be a win. And then they do a loss again. So if the uh, if that pattern continues, mate, then here's to a party at White Hart Lane on Sunday. Boom. Looking yeah, forward to yeah, great stuff, mate. Um, yeah, enjoyed that Villa win. Well played, lads. Uh, good to bounce back. I think the the energy among the fans was one of. Not overly bothered, but uh, yeah, to put in a professional performance like that, um, delighted, well played. Betway charity bets next, I reckon, Jonesy. James, West Ham United two, Aston Villa one. Betway charity bets, no winners. No winners. Disappointing. Uh, I feel yeah. like I'm not actually sure, mate. I was keeping an eye on my own rather selfishly, um, but I'm not actually sure how close you and Reese were. I know I had, because of my dad, again, I had to put in my selection when we were in Spain. Uh, I just said, any thoughts? And he said, Craig Dawson to score any time. I said, well, I've had that three times this season. Granted, he has come in twice, but he said, well, I've said it now. So if you don't put it and it loses, then... You don't feel good, and he was right. So I had that one. Both teams to score, and West. Both teams have two or more corners in the first half, which actually came in. Um, both teams did score. So yeah, I just needed a Craig Dawson goal, uh, and he flipping missed that sitter, didn't he? Absolute stonewaller. Um, headed headed over from about yeah. four yards out into the empty net. So 
Uh, yeah, I was actually pretty close on that one, but um, yeah, no cigar this week. Uh, what did you and Reese have? Reese had both teams to score over four and a half filler corners and a penalty awarded, so the penalty let him down on that one. And I had over two and a half goals. Antonio, two or more shots on target and Zoom any time. So I literally only had the over two and a half goals for that one. Fair so enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, just a reminder that uh, Betway give us a £50 charity stake. Me, James Jones and Reese Bayliss, who's uh, absent for the podcast for the time being, uh, give us a £50 charity stake each to put on a three-legged bet your way uh, West Ham bet for each and every one of the Hammers Premier League games and any winnings from any of those bets go to the three charities that me and the lads, West Ham link charities that me and the lads are playing for this season. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. Jonesy is playing for the DT38 Dylan Tombidis Foundation. Reese uh, has been playing for Isla's fight this season. Um, Jonesy, this uh, next game is Tottenham. It's a huge game, really. It's so strange to have Tottenham away at the weekend and it not be the thing I'm most excited for this week. Um, yeah, Sunday afternoon at the uh, new White Hart Lane. You know what is annoying me a bit, mate? That everyone doesn't just call it that. Just mm. call it the new White Hart Lane. If they can't be bothered to get a sponsor or name it properly, just call it the new White Hart Lane. And no one seems to be doing it. Yeah, it's very the, frustrating. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is just a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean... What's, I just don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I sort of understand it from the club because they're waiting for branding or branded opportunities or whatever it is. But everyone else just falling into line. I'm just, like, just call it the new White Hart Lane or just yeah. White Hart Lane still, which is in the same place. Um, but anyway, West Ham are playing at White Hart Lane on Sunday um, against Tottenham. And yeah, odd for it not to be the biggest thing um, or the thing I'm most excited about this week, uh, because it's usually the game I'm most excited about in the season, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, what have we gone for, Betway Charity bets wise, Jonesy? I've gone for Lanzini to score any time over two and a half goals and over ten and a half corners in the match. Just Lanzini wants to go against Spurs. Yeah, Remember Lanzini vibes there. Uh, I've gone for side Benrama to score, both teams to score, and Declan Rice to have one or more shots on target. Um, the Rice one's worrying. I'm I'm backing the other two a little bit more. I just fancy Declan will will fancy it, won't he? If he if he gets in a position and it's Tottenham, he'll he'll fancy leathering one. Yeah. Um, we've seen him getting forward a little bit more more recently. And the Ben Rama stuff, yeah, he's just giving me a bit of hope the last couple of performances, particularly the Aston Villa one. Um, so who's to say he won't come back with a goal? Can't see us shutting Tottenham out, to be quite honest. Kulisevsky looks good, Hyungman Son and Harry Kane. Um, assuming they don't, none of them get injured against Brighton is quite a potent attacking trio, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fancy that one. What's Reese gone for? Reese has gone for his uh, obligatory penalty to be awarded, uh, over two and a half goals, and West Ham over five and a half corners. There we go. There we go. Uh, just a reminder, you can back these bets for real if you so wish on the Betway website and app. We're doing okay this season. Um, could do but another one in just to keep us comfortable now, but from around the eight thousand pound mark that we've raised, including um, the money Betway have agreed to match uh, every penny that we win among the three of us, which is absolutely brilliant. So if you include that money, um, the Betway are going to match. I think we're up to about eight thousand, which is absolutely superb. Stay with us because we'll have the Tottenham section next.
Jonesy, we're going to have to do a little bit of creative podcasting here um, because as it stands at 20 to 7 on Tuesday night, with the hope of getting the podcast out tonight, despite me having work, uh, until 11pm and you have a busy social and family life to contend with as well, we will try and get a Tottenham Opposition View guest. But ahead of that, uh, Jonesy, assuming we don't, um, just look, looking ahead to that game in a bit more detail, I've mentioned that attacking trio already. Um, what what are your thoughts ahead of the game? It, again, it's always Tottenham you want to win and all that sort of thing. Um, my focus is just 100% on Thursday. It's really hard to even think about beyond that, really, because although it's a huge game league-wise, and I reckon if we go out Thursday, my mindset will switch completely because it'll be like, wow, well, I enjoyed the Seville stuff and the group stages even so much that... I really, really want to be in this competition. And if we beat Tottenham, who are in and around us in the league, competing for those positions, it's all of a sudden majorly important. But here we sit on Tuesday night, and I'm, I'm really just really not that fussed in the moment or yet. Yeah, it's difficult to get up for it, given what, what's to come on Thursday. Um, but it's still a massive game. It's still a huge, huge game if we want to finish in the top six or seven. Mm. Um, now, they've still got about 30, 37 games in... In, uh, in hand on us, um, I think so, it, I think it's only two, is it? Two or three, maybe. I don't know. I think yeah, I've, let's I've, just inform people. So Tottenham are playing Wednesday night against Brighton. So going into the game, they'll have played twenty-eight. Then we've played twenty-nine now. Assuming they beat Brighton, they'll be on forty-eight points, same as us. Obviously, depends how many goals they beat Brighton by, but they're likely to have a worse goal difference than us still because they're five behind at the moment. So if they beat Brighton, same points as us having played a game less, if we beat them, our goal difference will still be better. Um, so we're still better off, even if they win their game in hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so sorry big, to, though, isn't it? So, sorry to rain on your on your point somewhat there. Yeah, well, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> no, but that's why, it's, that's why it's so big, though, isn't it? Because obviously, if we don't, then they win their other game in hand. Uh, and, you know, providing they win on Wednesday against Brighton, it just... It means that top six is is going to be very, very difficult to do, particularly when you consider Wolves are, are there or thereabouts as well. I think they're only three points behind us, maybe not even that, mm. two points. Um, so, you know, if we so, want to finish in the top six and, and make sure we're in the Europa League next season, then beating Spurs is, is going to be massive for that. Otherwise, we've then got to start relying on them to drop points and us to make sure we keep winning. Mm. Um, that's regardless of whether we stay in the Europa League or go out on Thursday. So yeah, it's absolutely massive, but I, I'll make you right. It's going to be it's, it's difficult to really focus on it before Thursday, but um, I don't have any concerns about what West Ham will turn up on Sunday, just because we always get up for them. We always mm. get up for it, particularly over the last two years. You know, we've we've made it difficult for them. They don't like playing us no. at the moment, um, and you know the state that the state there at the moment where Conte don't know whether he's coming or going. Um, yeah, okay, that Kulisevsky looks good. Harry Kane looks like he's decided he can, he can be bothered to play for Spurs after all. Um, Rich has then cheered Son up because he was getting a bit upset because Kane wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Even though know, he signed another five-year deal, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, defensively, though, I'm not convinced with him. No. I, I think they can be got at, you know, the... Apart from Romero, I think the rest of them yeah. are pretty, pretty yeah. average. Uh, Eric Dyer will never ever, you'll never convince me he's a defender. Yeah. 
Yeah. As long as I live. Yeah. Uh, Emerson Royale is questionable. Um, Doherty's decided to come good all of a but sudden again, for them. But Doherty, again, man. not not amazing. But all yeah, apart, from, apart from Romero, I, I do not rate their defence at all. So mm. we can, they can be got at. And if we get them, then I, I back us to, to get a result there. Yeah. No, I, uh, I totally agree, man. I actually I did the uh, um, Antonio Conte press conference earlier today ahead of that Brighton game. Um, and he, it was a bit of a, a strange one, really. Like, a lot of the talk was more general about the top four battle. And I think that, that shows sort of perhaps a difference in mindset. I know Moisey gets asked about it, but West Ham, not re- he mentioned West Ham. Someone was, uh, he was asked about Arsenal. And he said, well, yeah, OK, Arsenal were probably favourites as it stands at the moment. Again, understandably, because they've got the points on the board and have played less games than all their competitors. That just That's just sensible and just maths. Um, so Conte saying, yeah, Arsenal obviously favourites, but don't forget about West Ham uh, and Manchester United and Wolves as well. We were having a, a great season. And th- there is that awareness, but it just shows sort of a slight difference in mentality, I think, where the questions to... Conte and what he's talking about are still Champions League questions. Whereas it's almost with West Ham, it's like, and Moisey's like, well, yeah, you know, we'd like to, but probably not, that sort of thing. Yeah, but first of all, we've never finished in the top four. No. Um, and, you know, two years ago, yeah, no, one was, true, yeah. no one is expecting us to even be anywhere near the top four, let alone compete. Maybe with, not even in the Prem. Compete for it twice consecutively. Hmm. Um, Whereas Tottenham were only in the Champions League final only a few years ago. Yeah, true. Mate. So you know, I think it's less a mentality thing and more of an expectation thing. You know, so yeah. right as much as we hate to admit it, Spurs should be in and around that top four. And they shouldn't be where they are now, if you consider the level of investment that they've had into that football club, stadium, mm. players, the fact they got one of the world's best strikers. You know, like they shouldn't be, you know, relying on games in hand to to try and finish in the top four over over. Us, Arsenal, and Wolves, mm. Man United. Um, yeah. So, I think that's that's why there's that conversation. Uh, mm. They shouldn't be where they are. Um, thankfully, they are. Um, but long may it continue. But yeah, but where, whereas us, you know, um, we're not we're not like the plucky underdogs. I won't go as far as say we're just happy to be there. I think have 100 deserve to be there. Yeah, but that's that's Moise's way of going. Look, yeah, it'd be good for us, but let's just keep expectations yeah let's let's remember where we were a couple of years yeah, ago and let's just chill out a little credit bit. the progress the progress we have made exactly. up until now exactly. yeah all right mate fair enough very uh very good answer from you again look hopefully we can we'll manage to squeeze in um a guest after this little chat from me and jonesy but uh yeah let's be honest the, the, at the moment the biggest thing this week is is thursday it might be easier to look beyond that um, afterwards Tottenham still with that game against Brighton as well but it's really hotting up and after that Tottenham's other game in hand remember uh, after the Brighton one is against Arsenal um, which makes that whole little competition um, a bit more a bit bigger and a bit exciting and I don't always think we should be looking downwards especially after that Villa game um, every chance you know to, out of those three games Tottenham have got Brighton away West Ham at home and Arsenal you know there's if if they get four points out of that, I would be. That seems to probably be about what they've, what they will get based on their performances this season. Um, hopefully, a few of those fall in our favour. And there is no way, mate, that I think we should be disc, 
disregarding or discounting the idea of finishing above Man United because they, oh, they yeah. yeah, all right, Ronaldo scores a hat-trick at the weekend. Great. We've done absolutely sod all for weeks and weeks and weeks before that. They're a shambles of a football club. We don't know whether they're coming or going as well. Um, and yeah, the idea that regardless of what happens on Wednesday, the Premier League season is sort of dead and over already. Definitely not. Definitely not. We've definitely got enough. Um, to give all those teams around us a run to the end of the season. Fingers crossed we do. Fitness uh, and injuries and suspensions or whatever else allowing. Um, yeah, hopefully we have a Tottenham guest. Uh, if not, or if we even if we do or we don't, you'll hear the West Ham women next. Josie, West Ham women won Birmingham City nil away on Sunday. Adriana Leon with the goal in the 41st minute. Uh, a bit of a, to be honest, mate, a bit of a strange game, really. Birmingham rock bottom of the WSL. Won just once and drawn one all season. Lost 15 games. Okay, yeah, it is a win um, and it's three points and it puts the girls into sixth place in the WSL, which is brilliant. Um I don't know. I've, I'm, look, I'm not only negative about it, actually. You've won the game away from home. You've got the three points. Well played. Well done on that. The KG affair, um, 58% possession to the girls, nine shots. Uh, Birmingham had 10 shots in total. Only two of theirs were on target. Three of ours were goal bound. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can, cause for concern there, mate, or do you just go, oh, just shut up, move won the game, move on? Yeah, shut up, run the game, move on. Like, it's fine. Um, quite, I think we we learned with the Leicester game a few weeks back where they batted us 3-0. I think we were expecting to go mm. into that game to wipe the floor with them, and we didn't. Yeah. Um, so, the Birmingham game, yeah, okay, we probably should have expected to beat them by a little bit more but the fact is mm. we beat them 1-0 three points we're up into sixth um, and you know barring we, I mean we're, we're in touching distance of breaking into you know perhaps even fifth and fourth if you know results go our way Man United next which is going to be tough but yep. so it's in a good position we're going into the, the final stage of the season so yeah I think you've got to look at it positively and go yeah good result and move on yeah, okay, mate, I'll do that then. Uh, West Ham host Manchester United uh, on Wednesday night, half past seven. Tickets still available for that if you fancy it. Uh, United in third this season, played the same amount of games as West Ham on 16, um, but eight points above in thir- with 31 to West Ham's 23. Um, I feel like... I feel like now, Jonesy, the way the table looks, Man City have played a game less, they're three points ahead of us. Tottenham on the same points... Um, sorry, Tottenham on the same games, but five points ahead of us. I feel like sixth, honestly, is the highest we'll finish now. Um, so if we're able to maintain that for the rest of the season, I'll be delighted. I think those fixtures get a little bit tricky. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly that, mate. Yeah, the best of the rest is the great way of putting it. Man United at home, Wednesday, that's a difficult game. Uh, They've also got to go to Man United on the 1st of May, which is a penultimate WSL game of the season. They host Arsenal on the last day and also um, Manchester City also visit on the 3rd of April. Uh, So the remaining WSL games are Man United at home, Brighton at home, Man City at home, Reading away, United away, Arsenal at home. So... You know, I think to be in this position now is good because 
is a little bit further to fall if that's going to happen. Um, but shaping up to be a good mid-table season for Ali Harder and the FA Cup quarterfinal Jonesy Sunday away to Ipswich, which you'd hope, uh, credit to Ipswich for getting this far. They're in the uh, the league below West Ham, of course. And you'd hope really that the girls have got enough uh, to get into the semis. Yeah, I think we said before, you know, of all the teams that we wanted to draw in the FA Cup, Ipswich would have certainly been been up there as one of them that we, that we wanted to get. So yep. huge opportunity now. So to get to the semi-finals and you know maybe even a final, you can start dreaming of a of another FA Cup final if the draw goes our way. But obviously we got beat which first. But um, yeah, that's that's yeah. a huge opportunity for us. Ipswich away Sunday lunchtime twelve thirty. The other quarterfinals are ties are Arsenal at home to Coventry United, which is on Friday. Uh, Men's City host Everton and Chelsea host Birmingham. If West Ham go through, you can kind of. You can kind of figure out already who the other three teams um, in that semi-final draw are going to be, Arsenal, City and Chelsea. But you say, mate, you've got to beat these teams to get in the big games. So, uh, yeah, congratulations on the win this week. Oli, Harder and the girls, good luck with those two games coming up. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch base again next week. But that is it for another show. Well, that's nearly it. Um, West Ham women covered there the Betway charity bets done look ahead to the Tottenham game a look back and a look ahead to the two legs of the Seville last 16 Europa League knockout stage tie just yeah I mean so exciting different energy I grant you on the podcast this week to last mainly because me and Jones are both back at work and trying to wedge it in at the end of a long working day um it's been a great show so far. Stay with us. We'll have some final thoughts next. Like I said already, Jonesy, a bit lower energy this week, to be quite honest. Still feeling the effects from, from last week. I you're certainly not, you're not 10 pints deep this week. No, that's uh, sort of uh, <laughs> does detract from the quality of the podcast somewhat, apparently. Um, did get a few messages. Uh, just want to give a couple of uh, give a couple of shout outs this week. Um, and Jeremy, it was on, on Twitter, got in touch and said, love the podcast this week. You should try doing it when you're both drunk. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea, Jeremy. Um, I think we've, we've, we've been down a couple of similar roads to that. Uh, before Jonesy, and we sometimes have a few beers before we're doing the um, the Love Sport Radio show or whatever. But um, yeah, I think in uh, in this day and age, we steer clear of that uh, somewhat. We had another message. Uh, yeah, just want to shout out Paul Fleetwood, Reese, who we mention every week on the pod. Um, yeah, Reese got a ticket off of Paul Fleetwood uh, for the game on Thursday, and uh, he just said. When he thanked him, uh, he said, oh, I'll give you some money. He said, oh, don't worry. Uh, I listen to your mate Will's podcast every week and I really enjoy it. So buy him a drink for me and enjoy the game. So, uh, yeah, cheers to that. Paul, thanks for listening. We're glad you enjoyed the podcast. And don't worry, I will be getting that um, beer off of Reese at some point if I can. Notoriously hard to get money out of, but uh, I'll do my very best. Uh, yeah, load of other you. Um, Brad Stevens got in touch. Um, yeah. Plenty of people got in touch on on Instagram and and Twitter. Apologies if I've uh, left you out or forgotten you uh, this week, but we we do read all the messages and it was it's great to hear from you all. Sounds like you all enjoyed uh, last week's pod and the game as much as we did. Josie, got to be very brief. We've got three minutes, mate, to say goodbye. So I want for some final thoughts. Look back, look ahead, uh, whatever's playing on your mind ahead of another big exciting week for West Ham. I can keep it brief, mate. Um, it's been a good week. Villa was uh, a nice surprise. 
Um, and last week in Sevilla was uh, promising, encouraging, good performance. Shame we didn't get get result, but we take everything into this Thursday. Uh, and I really feel like Thursday night could be the birth of the London Stadium at West Ham. I, I genuinely believe it. If we can get a result, we already know it's going to be bouncing. If we can actually get a result and go through, it will be a historic night at that ground. It'll be the first historic night at that ground, I think. And um, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Can't wait. Yeah, like you're thinking, mate. Like you're thinking. Totally agree. Uh, appreciate sure we may have had differences before on because the fact you've said that was the best night day ever at the London Stadium about 15 times. Um, just keeps getting better. That's, what, that's why. Yeah, that is, that is it. Exactly. But no, I, I must admit, I do agree with you. We've had some great nights there. Um, and I already, you know, I like there. For me, it feels like um, as much as a home as it's ever going to already. Um, but I appreciate where you're coming from, mate. And yeah, definitely historic. We'll remember it forever if we manage to get a win and go through. Uh, yeah, thanks to James Dowden from Seville or from Sevilla who joined us earlier on for the opposition view. Thanks for all of you lot who got in touch over the last week. Hope you enjoyed this one um, just as much as you did last week's one. Um, and yeah, I mean, West Ham are still in the last 16 of the Europa League after the first away leg. Bring them to Stratford on Thursday. The place is going to be absolutely rammed, jumping, bouncing, fizzing, whatever. If you're going, get behind the team. We know you will. We're all going to, we're all so excited. Uh, if you're not, just scream at your tellies because the players will feel that positive energy as well, no doubt, wherever you're watching from in the world. And then the small matter of Tottenham away on Sunday as we do our very, very best as a club. Uh, to qualify for the Europa League again. Uh, just a quick one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram, we are West Ham Pod. Facebook, just search We Are West Ham Podcast. Do the same on YouTube um, for the content, the video content that Jonesy puts up. Subscribe to the pod, give us five stars, write a review, and more importantly, tell your friends about us. And if um, like Mr. Fleetwood and a few of the rest of you, you fancy buying either of us a beer, me and Jonesy beer, supporting the podcast. You can do so for as little as a fiver each time at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Uh, and as I've already told you, it only goes on pints or equipment or guest fees for the pod. West Ham is sixth in the Premier League, Tottenham away on the weekend before, after, excuse me, a second leg tie against one of the biggest teams. In Europe, where we've got every chance of knocking them out of the Europa League on Thursday. How exciting. If you're not excited by this, you never will. I am absolutely buzzing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for your support. We do appreciate it. Up the hammers. West Ham are still absolutely massive everywhere we go, at home or abroad. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.